It had been two years since Volts had received his last paycheck, and even that was received a miserable six months late. His time aboard the Lucky, an East Indiaman merchant vessel, was beginning to bore him to the point of death. Armed with a measly eight guns, the Lucky was built purely for carrying large quantities of cargo. Unlike many other East Indiaman merchant vessels that were fitted with up to 56 guns for defense against pirates, the Lucky was intended to be escorted by a plurality of heavily gunned sailing ships. However, only after two months at sea, the Lucky and its three companion vessels were hit by a raging squall, lasting three whole days. This resulted in the sinking of two of the war vessels, and it separated Lucky from the other. The captain of the Lucky, Robert Cornwall, was feared by his crew. Lashes were often given for menial crimes, such as poor posture and cussing. He often had his crew working extra-long shifts for no particular reason and had a strict zero-alcohol policy, made even more painful by the 80 barrels of rum and 70 barrels of whiskey they were transporting below the deck. The men aboard the Lucky were tired continuously and completely void of any joy. Their only moment of pleasure was when Vaults, the ship's musician, was allowed to perform a simple jig on an accordion. God Save the King was guaranteed to be the requested song by the captain almost every time. The crew longed for the day when they could take their pay and never return. But to make things worse, there was something Captain Cornwall feared more than the crew's fear of him. Pirates. His fear of pirates was almost completely debilitating. Now, without any protective vessels in their company, the Lucky, with over 800 tons of cargo, was like a fat, roasted, stuffed pig bobbing up and down in the water, waiting to be devoured by the next band of ravenous pirates. His fear of being attacked by pirates had caused his reasoning to collapse. Avoiding populated routes, he would spend weeks, even sometimes months, taking completely unnecessary detours. It was now the 14th month of what was supposed to be a three-month journey back to the motherland. Three weeks ago, Neville Brimswick, the Lucky's chief navigator, died of old age while receiving 30 lashes after attempting to sabotage the Lucky's course in order to quicken the journey. Now, without any good sense of direction, the Lucky had drifted into unknown waters and paranoia began to set in for Captain Cornwall. This morning, just after sunrise, Captain Robert Cornwall spotted what appeared to be an East Indianman vessel in the distance. It was hard to see clearly through the rain and the mist, and in need of good direction and food supplies, he decided to wave them down. Perhaps this heavily gunned vessel would accompany them back to the motherland. Captain Cornwall was correct about a number of things. It certainly was a heavily armed East India Trading Company vessel. 
but to his utter dismay, it had been acquired by a ruthless band of pirates. The pirates wasted no time boarding the ship and getting straight to business. For some strange reason, as Volts looked around and watched his crew being senselessly beaten, his captain flogged Red Raw, and their precious cargo being plundered, a smile began to appear, cracking through his wind-beaten leathery face. Yes, this was just the excitement he needed after 14 months of sailing in circles. The smile on his face extended from ear to ear as he watched the carnage take place. Suddenly, he had a grand idea. Suddenly, his life made sense. Suddenly, he knew what he wanted to be. Suddenly... Arr, what are you smiling at, you stinking sea bass? Huh? What? Oh. <laughs> face and thrown overboard. It was a blessing from God that he hadn't been run through with a cutlass, or worse still, kept on the ship to be tortured. He grabbed for a large piece of debris, hauling himself out of the water and onto the buoyant lumber. As the wind grew stronger and the waves grew larger, Volts held tight to his life raft and smiled once again. He knew what he was going to be. He was going to be a pirate. All right, all right, come on now, boy. Come on, don't give up on me yet. Cough it up, that's it. Cough it up, cough it up. Oh, yeah, that's this stuff. Well done, all right. Oh. oh, man, what happened? Oh, you were lucky I was passing by, kiddo. I've had to be doing mouth to mouth resuscitation on you for the past 10 minutes. Hey, you should learn to brush your teeth a bit better. Oh. Looking a little bit worse for wear, I reckon. You should probably head up to the Krispy Kraken and get yourself some frog and crab claw soup. That stuff is like medicine to the soul. Oh, sorry, what? The Krispy Kraken? Yeah, right up there. See that old shipwreck? Oh, yeah. he used to be a famous pirate until his old ship, the Creaky Kraken, crashed into this cove here. He drove that ship right up into those cliffs. Half the ship ended up on dry land. What? How'd he manage that? Uh, no one's really sure. I mean, it was a pretty big storm that night. Oh. So what happened to the part? Well, I don't know. I guess he must have known his pirating days were over because instead of trying to find a new boat or fix up the creaky kraken, he just started turning it into a tavern, patched up the holes, and pretty much built all around the half of the ship that ended up on dry land. He really ended up uh, making a quite a respectable business for himself. Well, hold on a second. So that shipwreck is a, a tavern? Well, yeah. One of the most famous in the region. Pirates from all across the seas will go out of their way to stop here at the Krispy Kraken. Uh, 
pretty much gave up sailing myself just so I can spend the rest of my life here, eating, drinking, enjoying the company. I had more excitement in one day than a whole year on water at the Krispy Kraken. And did I mention they've got best grog and crab claw soup in the Caribbean? Oh, I think you mentioned something about that. <laughs> anyway, kid, why don't you get up there and check it out? First time, let's get a pint and a meal on the house. And you look like you could do with some of that, that's for sure. Just having a drink in months. Oh, and when you get there, tell them old Pete sent you. <laughs> Folks like you don't always get a warm welcoming around here. What was that? Well, it's a pirate tavern. It's a pirate cove. I'm, I'm a pirate? <laughs> That's a good one, kid. Just remember, old Pete sent you. I'll probably see you around. All right. See you. strange old man who had just saved him walked away, Volts took a moment to look around and take in his surroundings. The ocean in front of him was strangely calm and clear, and through the light turquoise water he could see the flickering of light as objects reflected the hot sun rays, as well as brightly colored fish darting between strangely formed underwater reef. As he lifted his gaze beyond the shoreline and looked around, he noticed he had washed up just inside the entrance of a large cove. He must have been fortunate enough to catch an incoming current during a rising tide. Further inside the great bowl-shaped cove, a vast array of sailing ships had set anchor. Volz looked at the collection of flags, and never in his life had he seen so many colors at once. British, Spanish, Dutch, and even the French. Through this maze of masts, he could make out what appeared to be a bustling coastal settlement built right on and over the water's edge. He struggled to make out any details, so continued to scan the landscape. Behind the settlement was a lush green jungle which spanned out in every direction, with the one exception of what appeared to be a relatively small volcanic rising high above the jungle and the settlement. Just beyond the settlement on the other side of the cove entrance was the great sailing ship that was partially landed in the small sea cliffs. It was the Crispy Kraken, the pirate tavern he was told about by his smelly savior. Volts could now see how it was built into the land. Supporting beams extended from all sides of the ships and into the water and surrounding land, preventing it from keeling over. The front of the ship, however, appeared to have been surrounded by what looked like a standard large tavern, complete with smoke billowing from the chimney 
and a circle of gulls above. And further out to sea, beyond the narrow cove entrance, Volts could see the great rise and fall of the ocean swells. A deep, dark cloud loomed just at the horizon's edge. If his record-keeping was correct, it should be around mid-August, right about when the Caribbean hurricane season would be hitting full force. After so long, he was so relieved to finally be a land that he'd become completely unaware of his lack of inventory and the dangers that surrounded him. So with an empty belly and a head full of seawater, Fultz picked himself up off the sand and started dragging his feet towards the settlement. From the water's edge, Volts had found a pathway leading up into the jungle sand dunes. Planks of old wood from scrap sailing ships had been pushed into the sand to make a primitive walking track. Whether it was the excitement of his first real meal and pint of grog in over a year, or his complete lack of energy, Volts stumbled toward the settlement, oblivious to his surroundings. His eyes were blind to the unusual number of bones that littered the pathway, blending in with the broken shells and whitewashed driftwood. All along the pathway, strange markings were carved deep into the tree's flesh, many still losing sap which pooled in the sandy soil. Were they there to ward off unwanted visitors? Perhaps that's what kept the yellow bloodshot eyes that peered at vaults through the trees at a distance. Regardless of where he was, or what surrounded him, his mind was fixed on one thing, food and grog. After he'd been walking a while, something suddenly snapped him out of his comatose condition. Ah, it was the sweet smell of charred pork. The smoky caramelized flavors wafted through his nostrils, and he felt like he could just reach out and grab it. He lifted his gaze and saw that the pathway had come to an end right in front of him. He looked around. He'd made it to the settlement. Flickering of flames from lanterns cast a warm light across the streets and oddly shaped buildings. The road was made from large pebbles and stones from the beach, and it appeared that the jungle had been creeping its way back in for quite a while now. But unfortunately for Vaults, there was no pork in sight, only a small, short-legged man who appeared to be removing a piece of paper from a wall. Perhaps the smoky haze coming from one of the houses was carrying the delicious pork aroma. He could take a look and try to find out. But knowing there was a free meal waiting for him at the Crispy Kraken Tavern, 
He decided to play it safe and wait to make friends later. As he started walking into the settlement, a twig broke and cracked beneath his feet. The small chap jumped at the sound and then spun around to see what had made the noise. As he caught Volta's eye, his cowering demeanor quickly faded as a big grin washed across his face. Ahoy there, matey. Uh, hey, mate. Um, I mean, ahoy there. Wow, curse my stripes. What happened to you? Looks like you got robbed by a school of salmon. Uh, yeah. I literally just washed up on Hey, the, can I tell uh, you a joke? Um, okay, uh, here it is. Ugh. What has eight legs, eight arms, and eight eyes? Um, give up? Spider? Eight pirates. Huh? <laughs> uh, I didn't get it. Hey, but, can I tell you another? Um, All right, here, nah, here we go. Here we go. Uh, What's orange and sounds like a parrot? Uh, Give up? A carrot. <laughs> hmm. Oh, hey, hey, uh, check out this poster. Are you able to read it for me? Uh, yeah, sure, mate. Give it him. Says here, crew members wanted for Captain Fishfinger's latest pirate expedition to the Bermuda Triangle. Membership comes with complimentary grog. Hmm. Some extra notes down the bottom here. Crew members need to be much more piratier than the last batch. And even smaller writing, premium life insurance required. And, yeah, for more information, see Two-Eyed Willie at the Crispy Kraken. Oh, that's about what I thought. That sounds like a pretty good opportunity, actually. Well, you can count on me joining that expedition. I've been practicing all my jokes so I can be a pirate jester. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to go head over to the tavern and ask about it myself. All right, mate, catch you later. All the best with your uh, jokes and stuff. Yeah, you have a good one. Uh, sorry guys, I've got no money. Um, it sounds great though. Thanks. Walking down what he thought must have been the main road, he could hear the rowdy chatter of pirates in the distance. And the smell of smoky pork was now mixed with a hundred other smells. The assault on his senses left him feeling highly confused. He didn't know if the smells made him feel hungry or sick, but he staggered on towards the crispy kraken. As the sun began to set, the flickering flames from lanterns and houses began to cast ghostly rays of orange light through the swirls of hazy smoke that filled the street. He could still hear the bustling commotion of jolly pirates coming from every direction and echoing down through the buildings. But why was there no one walking in the streets? He was confused. You, you, 
Huh? Fultz looked around. He thought he heard a voice, but still no one in sight. Then he spotted something. In a dark alleyway, you could make out the outline of a person, dimly lit by a single candle. He took a few steps closer and noticed it was an elderly woman, the hood of her patchwork gown covering her eyes. You're not from around here, are you, lad? Um, um, sorry, how did, how, how did you... As she lifted her head, Volts caught a glimpse of two empty eye sockets. Um, how did you see me? Uh, 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 no, I was, uh... Never you mind, young lad. I have my ways of knowing things. And I know that you're not from around these waters, are you? Well, no, I, I actually just washed up on Wait, the... Wait, sh- don't tell me. Washed up on these shores, you did? Yes, I see, I see. Uh. Yeah, how did you you know? You see, lad, I know. Alright, well, I have to get going. I'm I'm getting absolutely soaked and I'm just heading up to the crispy crack. Wait, wait, don't tell me. You're heading up to the crispy kraken? Looking to get some food and grog? Am I not correct? Uh, Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. You know... It's not going to be easy for a square peg like you to fit in around here. Times will be tough. Yes, that I do see. Oh, great. I don't think it can get much worse at the moment. Uh, Look, I I gotta go... Wait, wait. I want you to have something. What? I want you to have something that will help you. Okay, what's the catch? There's no catch, laddie. Now, you'll be wanting to join that new pirate crew as their musician. Am I not wrong? Uh, y- yeah, but I guess I didn't really consider the musician thing. I've kind of, you know, I've kind of done that, and I'm getting a little bit, a little bit bored. And <laughs> don't be uh, silly, laddie. You've got no other redeeming qualities. Uh, musician is your only bet. Oh, uh, uh, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty rough and tough. Shut up and listen. Uh, sorry, sorry. I want you to have something that will help you. It was given to me after my eyes were plucked from my sockets. But it's become too much of a burden to carry around after all these years. Here, take it! Take it! Uh, No, 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 what is it? What is it? I don't know. It just is what it is. I've been holding on to this thingamajig for a very long time, and I've been waiting for the right person to come. Look, this is... this is very confusing. I need to go get some food... Thanks anyway, lady. Um, Do you, by any chance, play the accordion? Uh, yeah. Aha! I knew it! Yep, you're definitely the one. Here, take this thingamajig. It's very magical, so be very careful with it. What? Magical? No, 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 no. What? What is it? It's not what it is that's important, but what it does. 
this powerful thingamajig has this special ability to take the music of the mind and play it into the ears and souls of others around you. Oh, this is too much. I'm feeling a bit lightheaded. You're kidding me, right? You're kidding me. Would I kid you? Listen, this will help you in your times of need. I can tell you're not very good on the accordion. Oh. Yes, this I do have knowledge of. But with this thingamajig, whatever your mind can think up, it can play into the ears of those around you. Ridiculous. You may have the fingers of a sausage dog, but I sense great music inside your soul. Um, thanks, I guess. But be careful. If you overuse it, there will be grave consequences. I already sense a perilous fate awaits you. You're going to need all the help you can get, lad. Oh, great. Oh. What? Oh. What is it? I see. What yes, is... definitely. What? Something horrible awaits you at the end of your journey. Oh. Beware of the Mooshakaka. What? Yeah, take no, this. No, I don't take want it. No, no. No, no. <laughs> oh. Oh. Are you... Oh, my gosh. I... Are you okay? Oh. Oh. The blind woman had run into a solid wall. As she lay there under the rain, Volts quickly walked away, with the dark night closing in on him. He felt the strange object the woman had shoved into his hand, becoming warmer and warmer. He looked down to see deep red smoke, seeping out from between his fingers. He quickly opened his fingers to throw the thing wedging to the ground, but the smoke continued to spew out from the palm of his hand. Within a few seconds, his skin was really starting to burn. He shook his arm, trying to shake off whatever it was that was burning into his flesh. He dropped to his knees in anguish, and then, all of a sudden, the burning and the smoke had stopped. He took a moment to catch his breath and then took one very deep, deep, deep breath before looking at his hand. To his utter shock, there, tattooed on his palm, was the image of a skull. At the top of the skull's forehead was an opening with what looked like smoke streaming out and back into the skull's ears. What had just happened? He'd heard stories of magic and voodoo before from old sailors, but never once considered them to be anything more than fairy tales. Surely this wasn't really happening. Or maybe his lack of food was causing him to hallucinate. Yes, there must be an explanation, he thought. He decided that the best thing to do was to fill his belly and then reassess all that had happened later on. So, once again, he set off towards the Crispy Kraken. As he walked further along the empty street, the sounds of raucous jolly pirates became louder and louder. Then, as he turned the last bend, he saw it. 
the crispy kraken. It sat like a lighthouse on a hill, with every crack, gap, and porthole shooting beams of light out across the water and into the surrounding jungle. Between himself and the tavern was a long and windy wooden walkway that acted like a bridge over the salty, steamy, and bubbly swamp beneath. At the end of the pathway, lit by flaming lanterns, a heavy gangplank led to the great ship's stern, where heavy double doors sat beneath the words, The Crispy Kraken. Each letter was made by bones tied together with old fishing net. He stepped out onto the creaking walkway, only just wide enough for one person. The swamp below him looked thick and sticky. It bubbled and gurgled while steam lifted the sweet and pungent aromas up to his face. He decided it was very much in his best interest to stay on the walkway. Putting one foot in front of another, he checked each plank of wood, making sure it was fully prepared to hold his weight. The narrow pathway wasn't too difficult to walk, but he wondered how a pirate after a rowdy night of filling up with rum and grog, would be able to make it back to the settlement without falling in. Then, about halfway across, sure enough, he spotted something moving in the swamp. I think you got myself a bit stuck. With the rum in your hand. The last thing Volts needed right now was to fall in with the man and not get his free meal and grog. Oh, sorry mate. Um, look, I'm in a real hurry. I'll come and get you later if you're still there, okay? I've got, got to go. Help an old sea dog, would ya? Sorry mate. Laddie. Sorry. Laddie. You I'll come back. leave me. I'm stuck. Uh. I'm beaten by swamp gators. Laddie. Hey! Get back and help you, you belly swine! Hey! I remember this! I'll never forget a face! Oh! Oh! Oh no! Laddie! Let it come back quick! It's the swamp gators! No! 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 Oggs quickly skipped across the last few bits of the walkway, away from the scene. Maybe he should have helped that man, he pondered. But he soon forgot about the man being eaten by swamp alligators because there in front of him, only a few steps away, was the doorway to his free meal and pint of grog. Without hesitation, he pushed hard on the doors and stumbled into the hall of the great sailing ship. At first, no one noticed him standing in the doorway. Through the smoky haze, he looked around to take in the scene. To his left was the bar. Strange bottles of liquid lined the shelves, meters high. Giant twisted copper pipes protruded from the bar top and curled back over and down. 
He could see a man hand pumping through them what looked like gallons of golden fizzing grog into giant mugs of sloshed seafarers. Bang! Down went a balloon, and a man's mug was filled. Then bang! Another hand went down, emptying a fistful of shillings. Another mug was filled. There seemed to be an endless cycle of coins going down and grog going up. Filling the room, pirates of all shapes and sizes and colors gathered around giant empty rum barrels, cheering and hollering. They guzzled down their drink like there was no tomorrow and slurped up strange-looking meals from giant bronze plates. All around the great hall-like room, flames of torches and lanterns lit the place, casting twisted shadows in every direction. Flaming chandeliers hung from the ceiling, which he thought must have been the upper deck. Lining the ceiling appeared to be a cloud of smoke that hung, watching over all that sat below it. From the chandeliers, Volt spotted a small monkey hanging. It seemed to be the only thing that had noticed him come in. It watched him with curious, childlike eyes, following him as he moved around the room. Towards the back of the room, a motley band of musicians played a pirate jig as the crowd gathered round and carelessly swayed back and forth to the rhythm. This was it. This was the famous Crispy Kraken. and act like he was just another pirate. So he puffed up his chest and headed straight for the bar. <sighs> Ahoy there, mate. I hear you've got a special deal for newcomers. Arr! <laughs> oh, you did, did you? Well, we've certainly got a special deal for the likes of you. Oh, great. I'm starving. Can I see the menu, please? <laughs> menu? <laughs> hey, Porter! Shrimp nose over here. <laughs> Ross, do you think I'll get the boys to take care of him? Ah, just a second, Porter, just a second. Uh, menu, you say? Uh, yeah, old Pete sent me. Ah, old Pete did he. Just sent ya, did he? <laughs> What did he look like then? Um, he was old, uh, 
big white beard, not many teeth, really scabby skin. His breath was like two-day-old caviar. Ah, okay, okay, old Pete sent you. Well, he certainly must have seen something in you that I don't. Anyway, order, don't bother the boys. He's a friend of old Pete's. Go fix him up a crab crawl soup. Put a bit of extra pepper in that for him. And what might bring a merchant boy like yourself to Skum Island? Thanks. Um, I was uh, actually, I was actually caught in a in a fierce battle. Me and my pirate mates were uh, plundering some booty, and then I fell overboard. And I, I managed to wash up here on um, Scum Island, and now I'm looking for a new crew to join. Ah, stop doing that, would you? Here you are. Crab claw soup, my famous recipe. And this one here is on me, my very own Caribbean pirate ale. And look what hairs on your chest, shrimp nose. Drink up. Oh, gee, thanks. Uh. Oh, I'm starving. Uh. You forgot to give me a spoon. <laughs> a spoon, he says. <laughs> a one of old Pete's friends, he says. <laughs> I'm not sure about you, merchant boy. I'm not a merchant boy. I'm Vault Supreme, fierce pirate guy. <laughs> I said stop doing that. By the way, what kind of accent is that you've got? Um, Welsh? I don't know about you, boy. Here, take a big mug of rum as well. Courtesy of Captain Fishfinger. He scored big last night just off the coast here. Said it was the easiest plunder of his life. And he donated five barrels of rum to the Crispy Kraken. And has just put one of them on the house for tonight to celebrate. Yeah! <laughs> Great. Thanks. <laughs> What I expected. Uh, well, I actually need to find Two-Eyed Willie so I can join uh, Mr. Fishfinger's crew. Oh, you do, do you? Well, you're speaking to him. Oh, great, that was easy. This be my tavern, kid. I'm the famous Two-Eyed Willie. I terrorized the seven seas for over five decades. But now I've taken up a more lucrative business, the fine art of brewing and cooking. Uh, yeah, so this is your tavern. Now listen, kid. Whoa. Ain't no chance in hell you'll be joining all Fish Fingers special crew. You ain't got a single pirate bone in your body. I can see that from a mile away. Aw, oh, come on. I'm super pirate. I'm like uber pirate. Fisherman. Party. Yar, 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 yar. How many times do I have to tell you to stop doing that? All right, kid. Name one piratey quality you can show me right here, right now. He thought hard. He could feel a vessel in his brain burst. He knew if he was honest with himself, he hadn't even started on the journey of becoming a pirate. But then he remembered the words of the empty eye socket woman. Don't be silly, laddie. You've got no other redeeming qualities. Musician is your only bet. I am a pirate musician. Mm, a musician, you say? Now that be rare. 
Only musicians I've seen around here for the past ten years are the members of the Chum Buccaneers, and they be hired to play here for the remainder of their lives. Maybe old Fish Fingers would appreciate a musician on board. You might be of worth yet, boy. But you're gonna have to play me something first. Uh, yeah, okay, uh, well I guess you want me to play God Save the King, right? Hmm? God Save the King. Now that's a good one! <laughs> I'll tell you what. Me guess is if you're a pirate musician, you must know a good barrel full of pirate songs. I'll tell you what. I'll give you one chance, shrimp nose. Play us a good pirate jam, and I won't have the lads feed your leftovers to the fishing. <sighs> yeah, okay, of course. Without an instrument, he felt like he was being trapped in a corner by Two-Eyed Willie. He could ask one of the chum buccaneers to borrow an accordion, but he didn't like his chances. Plus, he really wasn't that great of a player anyway. Then he remembered the tattoo on his hand. What it is that's important, but what it does. This powerful thingamajig has this special ability to take the music of the mind and play it into the ears and souls of others around. This was his only chance. He would just sing a song and imagine the rest in his mind. Hopefully, the magic would work. Okay, right, me hearties. Here's a great pirate song from the film Muppets Treasure Island. It's called Shiver My Timbers. It was written by Barry Mann and Cynthia Wheel and was originally performed by the Muppets. Okay, here goes nothing. I have not an idea of what ye just said, but let's hear the scurry tune and stop wasting time. Okay, I think you, you're going to really love the key changes in this one and, and, and the lyrics as well. They're really party. All right, here goes nothing. Timber, 
many corsets lay. And when Brian really sailed the sea, you can bet your boots that be treasury. Shiver my timbers, shiver my sails, That, that was pretty good. <laughs> well, I ain't so sure what just happened, but you managed to get the whole tavern all jolly and whatnot. All right. <laughs> Tell you what, I got a job for you. The chum buccaneers may be good at playing the tunes and shanties, but they can't write a song for the life of them. You sound like you know how to write a good sea cucumber or two. Uh, no, that, that, that was a Muppet song from... So um, here's the deal. You write a theme song for the crispy Kraken and teach it to the chum buccaneers. And then maybe, just maybe, I might put a good word in for you with old Captain Fishfingers. Okay. Well, get to work, boy. No point hanging around here. Off you go. Okay, great. I'll, I'll get to it. But, um, I don't have anywhere to stay or... Any gold to pay for a place or anything? Oh, so you really did just wash up on the shore. Well, you're in luck. I'm in need of an errand boy like you. Jobs are popping up all the time, and, uh, well, workers don't seem to stick around too long. <laughs> but you'll be fine, lad. You told me yourself, fearsome pirate you are. <laughs> so here's the deal. I'll let you sleep and eat at the Krispy Kraken, but every day I'm going to put you to work. You might be scrubbing dishes. You might be fishing for swamp gators. Well, every day we'll have it say... You'll also be writing more than just a theme song for the Chum Buccaneers. You'll be writing new songs every day. And don't be shocked if I hire you out for a day or even a few weeks to one of my piratey friends. Actually, speaking of that, old Seamus has been talking about how his man of war he acquired is cursed. Says he keeps sailing whichever way it wants. Uh, he's gathering a gang of fierce pirates to go and visit the Queen of Bones and get his ship's curse removed. He wanted me to come. But I and the Queen had a little falling out. And the swamp can get a, a little bit... Well, your first job will be to go with Seamus and his men up the swamp to visit the old voodoo lady and get that curse removed. Tomorrow at sundown. Now get up top and start writing that theme song. Get on up! And so miraculously, with the help of some strange eyeless woman, Vaults had been given the chance of becoming a pirate musician. He grabbed his bowl of crab claw soup and ran off looking for a way up to the top deck to start writing a theme song for the tavern. Once again, his emotions got the better of him. He joyfully floundered around with not a single idea of where he should be heading or what kind of theme song he should start writing. Could he even write a tune anymore? It had been so long. Either way, his euphoric ignorance of his current situation would not last long. It was only a matter of time until the horrors of Scum Island would soon be consuming his mind. What awaited him tomorrow on his first quest? What adventures were out there, ready to be adventured? 
Tune in next time to find out on another swashbuckling episode of The Crispy Kraken. Speak.